Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today I've got a very interesting guest as we continue the series of interviews that I've been doing from the one day Potapalooza conference. Now, I haven't mentioned this in the previous interviews, but if you have been listening to this and think, wow, I'd love to be able to go on and, you know, get five interviews in a day. I'm pretty sure Kimberly Crow is going to hold this again. So send me an email at kim at authortoauthority.com if you want to know when the next one is. And I'll try to remember to send you an email back and send you the link to register. Because this is a great way to get your name out there. When you upgrade to the VIP, you get to be on five podcasts in one day. Now, I, as a podcast host, has always taken the other option, which is getting a whole bunch of episodes recorded, but I love the concept of just really being able to get out there fast. Now, Anahita Savrini, I said that wrong, but I've done, I think you're the seventh interview today so far. She's going to be a very interesting guest, and this episode is actually not only going to go on the podcast, but I also have a craft channel. And one of the things that I I love about her is she has turned hobby into business, and her area of expertise is crafting, and she's also an author. So I think we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kim. It's good to be here. So tell me a bit about yourself, about your crafting business, and, you know, how did you get from going, you know, from a hobby to turning something you love into that business? So, yes, I normally have a business mind. And since I was very young, I uh, have seen everything through the lens of how I can make a business out of it. Any of my friends that used to make something, I said, ooh, this will be great if you can sell it or you can package it this way. Mm -hmm. And um, I have been born into an entrepreneurial um, uh, family and uh, helped run a family business since I was 19. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So when I moved to Canada, I first started my own travel agency, but it was like it was something that I was done with when my kids were born. Mm -hmm. And um, around 2010, um, I had two problems to solve. Uh, One, to have a reusable um, snack bag safe for my kids to go to school with. And the other one was that my mom was new to Canada and she was bored. She wanted to work some, Mm -hmm. do something and be purposeful. So, and she loves sewing. Unfortunately, I don't as much. (laughs) But 
me being that kind of a business person and crafter my whole life. Mm. Um, at one uh, sleepless night, I made these two problems. Like I created a business out of these two problems called Gogo Bags. Along the way, I learned how to do business of handmade. So okay. we took these um, amazing reusable bags and from craft markets uh, to selling whole, wholesale to major stores uh, in Canada. Within nice. a few years. Yeah. Now I'm Canadian. What part of Canada are you in? I'm in Vancouver. I'm in North Vancouver, BC. Okay. I'm in Ontario. So, well, oh, I nice. love... I love interviewing my fellow Canadians. It's always a privilege and an honor. Yeah, yeah. I, I love what you said. And I think this really applies to my audience because you had several problems and you took things that you loved, but you also looked at other things that you could do. And you looked at your mom who, you know, crafted in a way you didn't. Yeah. And yet you made a way for her also as well to do something that she loves. You know, I've been crafting since I was little. Um, I started knitting at the age of five at my grandma's knee. Wow. You know, I mean, it took me into my 20s to actually figure out how to knit. <laughs> I did it off and on, you know, uh, when I was a kid and in my teenage years. And then, you know, started seriously, you know, from knitting to crochet to cross stitch. You know, I have my new love now. It's called Cricut. It's just, oh, I, I love, love Cricut. my Cricut machine. No, I and don't have a Cricut machine yet, but that's that's in my wish list. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, the best place to get it is is watch the sales and get it from Cricut.com. Upgrade mm -hmm. to the access and then you get it cheaper and free shipping. And yeah, I just I actually just upgraded my machine again. And that was sort of my birthday. I'd been collecting money over Christmas and my birthday and that. So that was that was my treat to me. So yeah, nice. it has nothing to do with being an entrepreneur, but you know, if if you love crafting, you know, check out the cricket machine because it's so so versatile for men and women. Yeah. But let's get back to it because we could bunny trail all day when it comes to absolutely crafting. <laughs> crafting so we want to make Especially sure paper craft <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like though you know starting that business and and you know taking it from a hobby actually into a business at the beginning it was very exciting because uh, well when you do something that you love and it's a craft it's so much fun and then kind of a roller coaster that you're high and it's very exciting and then all of a sudden you realize that oh I have to learn a lot of different uh, skills that is not craft related and I have to actually kind of guess a lot of not not guess but kind of uh, read the mind of my customers to be able to sell better how to price properly so I went from um, very like our first uh, launch was in a craft market at a Christmas show mm -hmm. um, and we sold out it was like awesome and I had this business idea I went to our local news uh, paper and we announced our launch a day before the market was on so we sold out but then I realized after the market, I realized, oh, I 
didn't even make the, uh, you know, the cost of the fabric that I used. I didn't know how to price my product properly. So I learned that. And then I learned something else. And I made a few mistakes along the way until I got uh, my first, I hired my first coach. And then I started to seeing things as a real product-based person Mm -hmm. um, business side. So um, yeah, it it takes a while. If you have the right um, mentor and uh, coach to guide you through uh, the right path, then it will be very easy and fun. You know, you brought up a couple of really good points. And, you know, one of them is it's great to be able to make the crafts. But like you said, there's skills you have to learn if you want to run a business. Absolutely. And one of one of the skills you have to learn, one of the first skills you have to learn is how to sell. (laughs) Yes. I remember being at a conference once and the gentleman who was speaking pushed every single button I had. It was not an enjoyable day. Uh, And one thing he said is, if you're not making profit, if you're not making money in your business, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. Exactly. A very expensive hobby. And I'm like, how dare he say that? I'm really good at what I do, but I realized I wasn't making money. That's exactly my, it's exactly my quote. I had no idea somebody else said it too, but I say if you're not making money in your handmade business, you just have an expensive hobby. That's true. Yeah. And, and that's okay if that's what you want, right? Exactly. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you're doing the crafting because you love the crafting and, and you just, you know, you want to sell some things and, you, you know, you go do a few shows, whatever, and, you know, you might break even and that makes you happy. That's okay. Absolutely. I was actually on another um, interview earlier and I mentioned that uh, the craft, the beauty of the crafting business is that you can have this to uh, just earn pocket money. You can have it to earn a decent living Mm -hmm. and you can even expand it to have six figure, seven figure uh, business. It's all up to the person who's running the business and their goal. But one of the uh, one of the things that I see with my clients is that a lot of them they don't see that far. They don't mm-hmm. even uh, realize that they have to set um, money goals for themselves and yes. other different goals to get where they want to go. Uh, and um, I was actually, I had a workshop and I was mentioning, okay, so what kind of a salary do you want from this business? And uh, this lady who um, has been doing uh, like 10 years of jewelry making, she said, well, I don't know. I have to, at the end of the year, I have to figure out what was my profit to see what salary I get. And I said, well, yeah, if, but if you do that, you will just staying where you are right now yeah 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 and and again that all comes back down to pricing right how how do you price your business and you know even if we're not talking crafts you know let's say your hobby is you love to help people and you love to coach people right that's a hobby that can turn into to something else like you know maybe you have a service that you offer that you know, you just, 
do for people basically for free. You know, they hand you some money. You don't really care, right? But you want to turn that into a business. The pricing element is crucial to that, you know, especially as crafters. And I'm guilty of it, even though I'm an, I was an entrepreneur long before I started crafting, like a crafting business, you know, is underpricing and undervaluing your product or your service. Yeah. Well, yes, absolutely. And the other thing is that some crafters, they think because it's something that they love to do and because it's something that comes easy, they're shy away from um, asking uh, for that sale and asking uh, asking for the right price. Mm-hmm. They're giving their, pro- and it happened to me, I'm guilty of it too. I have given away my product to family and friends and never asked them to uh, pay for it. We don't think money at the beginning. No. And even, you know, when you go to like your first craft shows and stuff like that, right? You tend to underprice. And I think, you know, part of it is, is learning what your market will, will pay for your products because you can overprice as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it's finding that sweet spot, you know, where you're, you're making profit. And the other thing too, is looking at, you know, where are you selling these products? You know, if you're selling it in a church basement, you know, for a Christmas craft show, you can't charge as much as if you were able to maybe get into a curated show where you could sell those products maybe even for 10 times the amount because of the way the show is positioned. Absolutely. The timing of the show, it all depends to to a lot of factors. What are the type of your uh, craft that you're selling? Uh, What time of the year you're selling it? What is your um, ideal market? What is your ideal customer? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that if you are using your story and how you are positioning yourself, um, it's, it's the reason I went to this line and I decided I was inspired to um, teach crafters and makers on how to grow their business was that uh, when I wanted to do this, uh, I was doing this. I had to learn from scratch. I business coaches that I had, they were all service business coaches. And I had to kind of come up with different things to kind of combine the ideology of the service business with the product business to kind of figure it out. Um, And yes, your pricing and um, where you sell has a lot to do with your success. And um, one tip that I have for all the crafters out there that they go to farmers markets and they go to uh, craft markets is to have three different uh, price points, have something at a lower price point, especially if it's a Christmas market, there are lots of, uh, you know, uh, Oh, I've sold tons of Christmas markets, man. I love Christmas. I love them. Yeah. I love them too. And if you're selling something that is above, I don't know, $75 above. Well, you won't have that many sales because there are a ton of people going to Christmas shows to buy $20 gifts for their co-workers and that kit that comes with their piggyback to buy something for mom. You have to have something for those. 
uh, or the people that want to just try for once and see if they like your art or not. So definitely have three price points. Yeah. I found most shows I've done, if I stay under the $20 range, I tend to do well. But what I've always done is, is that, you know, you collect names and email addresses, right? So consider some of your lower cost items, not a loss leader because you're, you're not losing money on these items. But by producing some of these, you know, lower cost items, people like them. But if you can get their name and email, get them into a draw or something like that, then you can start communicating through them through email and start because they liked your lower end products over time. You know, if you have a good email system, you know, and you don't spam, right, but you provide value in your emails, you know, you can you can actually be selling the higher end stuff through your emails and get them through the door with the lower cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those lower cost items doesn't mean that it needs to be like uh, underpriced. It's just that it's a smaller item and that's a cost of your your um, market research. That's a cost of, uh, it's like your Facebook ad cost. Exactly. And and you still got money off of it. It's not, it's not like you didn't make money. At least, you know, you covered your booth with it. Yep. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. The other tip is that absolutely get email addresses as much as you can. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people connect with you? If they've heard what you've had to say today and they're like, you know what? I need to talk to Anahita about, you know, turning my hobby into a business. How can they connect? Absolutely. So uh, they can connect with me uh, through my website, uh, askanahita.com. And my social media handles on Instagram and Facebook is Ask Anahita as well. Okay. I have a book coming up that's um, it's called Currency of Crafting in June. So nice. that will be available on all the platforms as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anahita, for being on the show today. It was absolute pleasure. So this has been Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift that I would love to give you. Coming out this year, I am releasing my book, Author to Authority. And if you are an entrepreneur, solopreneur, small business owner, professional coach or speaker, and you want to find out how to gain visibility, and how to build your business bigger, stronger, faster, then I recommend that you download a free sample of the Author to Authority book at www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. It's going to be a great resource for you that teaches the author to authority concept and the six key areas that you build authority in and how you can use a book to do it all faster. So don't forget, get your free copy today.